you're listening to a podcast from St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada, located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May only truth be spoken and only truth received. Amen. So I think the, the meaning of the verse is from Psalm 37 that we've just heard read aloud might be most succinctly summarized as chill, just chill. There are words coming from a seasoned writer, a person of a mature and long-haul sort of faith, who thought hard on the way that things often appear to work in the world. And so this writer had known what it was to to fret and worry over the fact that those who are variously described as the wicked, the wrongdoers, those who carry out evil devices, sometimes they appear to do very well by it all. Thank you very much. But now this psalmist has reached a point of not letting that be a source of anxiety or a part of a faith crisis. Chill. This psalmist is saying, when you see people who are not living according to the the Torah-shaped principles of justice and equity and compassion, and yet who appear to be actually benefiting and prospering from it, just chill. Like the grass, their seeming successes will fade. Like the green herb, it will wither. It isn't even actually your business to worry about it. You're not the judge. You're not the vindicator. Just leave that to God. Instead, the writer says, instead, here's your work. Trust in the Lord and do good. Take delight in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust. God will act. Again, that's a a very seasoned voice an experienced and mature voice of one who has come to believe that God is faithful in the long run, even if the long run can sometimes feel very long indeed. And so, be still before the Lord and wait patiently. Do not fret over those who prosper on their way, over those who carry out evil devices, Refrain from anger, forsake wrath, do not fret, it leads only to evil. Don't get all worked up in self-righteous imaginings that it might be your work to try to make justice, angry, wrathful justice, because it leads only to evil. Where does it all get you ultimately? Well, into spaces not unlike those named as the wicked or the wrongdoers. So be still before the Lord and wait patiently. Just chill. Which can be a whole lot easier said than done, of course, particularly in the face of truly egregious evil or corruption or injustice. How do you just relax in the face of that? I mean, the Hebrew prophets tended to, to be not very good at being chill, nor was John the Baptist. And even Jesus had his moments. Think of his cleansing of the temple, for instance, or his facing down of the hypocrisy of the scribes and the Pharisees. 
Yet the heart of the psalmist's point remains. It isn't your job, it isn't our job to be the vindicators or the wrathful justice makers. Our job is to make justice within ourselves and to do that through trust and delight and commitment. So you have this seasoned, experienced, mature voice setting the bar quite high. But then in tonight's gospel reading, Jesus takes it and sets it up several notches higher. If the psalmist had been insistent that vindication wasn't to be the work of humans, but rather of God, consider then what Jesus adds on top of that. God, he says, God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Oh, so that deepens the claim that's placed on us, asking not, that not only do we not get wrapped up in fretting about the evildoers or get angry and wrathful toward them, but rather to be merciful, just as our Father is merciful. What does that look like exactly? Well, famous lines. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. From anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, that sounds a little bit like you might be setting yourself up to be taken advantage of, abused, or written off as a bit of a schmuck, doesn't it? Some of you may remember a a movie from the mid-'80s starring Harrison Ford. The movie was called Witness. In this movie, Harrison Ford is a detective who goes underground in an Amish community in Pennsylvania, seeking to solve a crime. I have to say, I looked at a a, a bit of it online the other night, and uh, he doesn't really look very Amish at all. Very clean-shaven face and still quite, you know, rugged, but that's the storyline. And there's this scene in which there's two of horse-drawn buggies have come from the country and are coming into the town. And one of those buggies is stopped by some local bullies who taunt and torment the young man who'd been at the reins. They stand and face him down, quite sure that he'll not retaliate, even though he looks strong enough from all of his farm work to twist all of them into pretzels. They know that the Amish don't retaliate. They always turn the other cheek. Well, Harrison Ford is in the other buggy, and he's getting pretty worked up, and he begins to climb out to intervene. And one of the older Amish men says, No, it isn't our way. And Harrison Ford replies, Well, it's my way. And quick as that, one of the bullies is bleeding from the nose, and another has been easily subdued. I actually remember seeing it in the theater and hearing this sort of delighted release of laughter over it all. See, sometimes violence is actually justified. You see, Harrison Ford is right. You see, you see, 
Never seen anything like it in all my years, one of the older townspeople who'd seen it happen says. To which the young Amish man who'd initially been bullied replied with a bit of a grin, he's my cousin. He's from Ohio. (laughs) Now that's all very Hollywood. Hollywood has tended to condition us to like what we might see as justified vengeance. But I think Jesus is trying to get at something much more profound than Hollywood's version of things, and probably even more subversive than classic Anabaptist nonviolence. Those who strike you in violence, or who would take away your coat, your goods, they're driven by a kind of power economy based on scarcity thinking. There's only so much power, there's only so many goods, so much food, and I'm going to do what I can to secure what I want and what I need. That's all scarcity thinking, and it's the ethic that drove the Roman Empire. Even in all of its opulence and excesses, that sense that we need to take and hold, we will feast And if it's at the expense of those no-count losers who we have colonized, so be it. Jesus, on the other hand, is living out what Walter Brueggemann calls the liturgy of abundance. He does it all the time, most obviously in the stories of the feeding of the multitudes, but certainly not only there. When he says, love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. He's challenging his listeners, he's challenging us to be unencumbered of a kind of thinking that's constantly looking for repayment, that's transactional in a, I'll scratch your back, but only if you scratch mine, sort of a way. That always leads to bean counting, and finally to a miserly, scarcity mentality that closes up our souls. Instead, he's saying, resist the empire by resisting its illusions and its lies. No more bean counting. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Classic words, not always the easiest ones to heed. But live into these words, into this kind of ethic, Jesus is saying, and a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Now that's not more stuff or the sort of material blessing that the prosperity preachers are so fond of speaking about. But rather that means a good measure of grace Forgiveness, mercy, and love. Share those, and they will be back to you always. And those things, well, better than a Bentley or a Learjet any day. And to that, the seasoned, mature, and experienced psalmist would certainly add a hearty alleluia. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to a St. Benedict's Table podcast. 
For more information on our church or to provide support for our online work, visit us at stbenedictstable.ca.